When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Dave Hendon. Welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. Indeed, Happy New Year for 2018. The Masters starts on January the 14th, one of Snooker's oldest and most prestigious tournaments. Michael McMullen joined me to look forward to the event. We went through all the first round matches and also we talked about some of our favourite moments from the Masters. So the Masters and the defending champion, of course, Ronnie O'Sullivan, won it for a record seventh time last year. Starts out against Marco Fu. You'll often hear people say Marco's got a great record against Ronnie. He's not beaten him for eight years. Yeah. And, and he's playing him in probably Ronnie's favourite tournament. Yeah, he had a great record against him early in his career. Uh, knocked him out of the World Championship first round 15 years ago, by the way, that is now. <laughs> uh, Grand Prix final, of course, he beat him in that. And I think, wasn't there a Premier League final mm. that, that Fu beat him in as well? But I think that's where people get that idea from. It certainly hasn't continued in recent times. And, you know, they've had very similar seasons in one sense, in that they've not played very much. Mm. Now, O'Sullivan, you expect that. In fact, he's maybe played more in the first half of the season than he usually does. But Fu, it's very strange, because he had such a good season last season, probably his best ever. But this season, he's only played in about half the tournaments. Now, you might say, OK, maybe he'll play a bit more in the run-up to the World Championship. But there are actually fewer tournaments in the second half of the season. So I'm very surprised by that strategy. As you say, O'Sullivan, look, I mean, his record at Alexandra Palace in recent years, absolutely fantastic. Thrives on the Masters, always has the crowd behind him there, more than anywhere else. And it would be a big surprise, actually, given the way he's played this season and given the fact that Fu has been so quiet uh, over the last six months or so if O'Sullivan didn't uh, make a winning start. Well, he's played in the Masters 23 times before. He's been in 12 finals, wow. so more than half the times he's played there, he's reached the final. Yeah. He's won it seven times, including the last two years. Worth saying, though, last year they played in the semis. And mm. I think most people thought Ronnie maybe wasn't at his absolute best of the Masters last year. But the one time he had to play well yeah. was that match, because Fu did give him a real game. Yeah, and he'd beaten him in another close semi-final at the UK, of course, only a few weeks earlier. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to go for O'Sullivan, I think, in that one. And uh, yeah, It'll be interesting to see how Fu approaches you know, the second half of the season. He knows maybe he's had kind of a lost few months and... Uh, you know, I think he's uh, I think he's actually forty around now, isn't he? Mm. So it's yeah. uh, it's a big time for him to sort of you know get his career going again, and you know doesn't want to just fade away. Given how well he was playing this time last year, but uh, worst possible draw really for him in the first round. Oh, horrible! And and the thing is, we saw last year. I mean, Ronnie should have lost first round last year. Yeah, Liang went by the black yeah. to beat him six four. But the point is, I think in this tournament more than any other, you just got to take your chances against him because once he got through that first round, he clearly started to, to fancy the job. And as I say, it's actually like a compliment to him to say he wasn't at his best because he still yeah. won the tournament. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, you mentioned the 12 finals. Okay, he's won seven of them. At least two of those finals I can think of off the top of my head were 10-9. Mm. So, I mean, he could have been maybe a nine or even 10 times yeah. Masters champion by now. Yeah, okay. Well, the next uh, match in the draw. Now, this is a really interesting one, I think. Mark Allen against Luca Brussel. There's two mm. debutants at the Masters this year. Luca's one of them. He had a really good start to the season, won his first tournament. He's tailed off a little bit since then. Yeah. And Mark Allen, he's one of those players. One thing I've noticed about him is, and I saw, for example, uh, the match against Ben Wollaston uh, in Scotland. And oh, yeah. There's been other matches as well. People end up playing really well against Mark Allen yeah. for some reason. Now, he's, he plays good stuff and doesn't yeah. seem to get the, the tournament wins. Tian Peng Fei, actually, in, you know, in front yeah. of Mark's home crowd in Belfast. Uh, played really well. What a match this could be. Mm. I mean, you look at the way they both play, very similar. 
Um, Brazil actually, he hasn't quite built on that ranking tournament success no. he had earlier in the season. But what he, what I have noticed about him is he seems to produce a lot of really solid early round performances where he just blows someone away with a succession of big breaks. Now that tends to be against lower ranked opponents. Obviously, Mark Allen is a different story. Uh, Allen, I think, knew this season he needed to get his act together a bit because last season was quite poor. He was in danger of dropping out of the 16. So he's improved, you know, very mm. significantly. And I've always said this about him. He's never won one of the big three, but he's the sort of player you could just see doing that out of nowhere because we know how talented he is. And when he gets on a roll, you know, he can just play so, so well. But, I mean, what a cracking match that will be. Mm. And in terms of entertainment value, I think you'd pick that out maybe as, as the match of the first round. And isn't it fantastic, by the way, to see a player from the sort of continent of Europe and mainland Europe, as sure. it were, playing at the Masters. It's the first time, I'm sure, isn't it? Yeah, um, and he's a very exciting player. And also, one thing about him is I've seen players, as I'm sure you have, get in the top 16, get to the Masters, and it's pretty clear from just their body language. They yeah. don't really think they deserve to be there. They yeah, think, what yeah, am I yeah. doing here? I was like world number 13 yeah, a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Luca Brussel, I can guarantee, feels he deserves to be there, and that's good. You know, you need that self-belief. He's always kind of had it, and now he's got the tournament win to back it up. Yeah, he probably feels, why wasn't I here years <laughs> ago? Yeah. yeah. No, he's one of that new young breed, like him, Carmen Wilson, who we'll be talking about later on. You know, guys who, you know, really feel like they belong at the highest level, and, you know, for that reason, and obviously the talent they have, you feel they will be at the top for a very long time to come but time may be just starting to run out in Mark Allen a little bit he's you know getting older and he hasn't won one of the big events yet I'm sure he's still got plenty of years left but you know I think it would be a big disappointment to him if he was to finish his career without having won mm. one of the big three and now's as good a chance as any I suppose well he's certainly good enough and of course Brazil yeah. on, his, on his debut maybe you could think that could count against him but champion of champions which is I suppose a similar sort of mm. event he, he Blue Judd Trumbull away there 4-0 so he didn't, mm. that didn't seem to bother him looking forward to that one I think it could be really close oh, yeah. now then the, 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 two, the other debutant is Anthony McGill he's playing someone he knows well in uh, John Higgins John Higgins very interesting uh, case in the Masters he's won it twice so you think oh great you know twice Masters champion yeah. that's brilliant but 23 Former, of previous appearances, he's lost 12 first rounds. Yeah. So it's, it's either famine or feast for him. Yeah, very much so. And that's why I think he could actually do really well this year because <coughs> the draw for the first couple of rounds works out quite well for John. Mm. Uh, McGill started the season really well. He was getting to quarters and semis all over the place. Got to the Indian Open final against John. Obviously, he was beaten in that. But he hasn't really played that well the last couple of months. Um, so I fancy John to come through this one. Um, you know, as you say, in these big events, the further he goes, the more dangerous he seems to be. It's a long time, of course, since he last won the Masters. Uh, 12 years now, mm. and nearly 20 years since he first won it. Uh, but I actually really lo like his chances of, of winning it this year. He, he's John Higgins, you know, even if he's not at his very best, uh, he, he's just always capable going into any tournament of, of really turning it on. And, you know, we've seen repeatedly over the last couple of seasons that when he plays well, he can still play as well as he ever did in, mm. in his heyday. I really fancy John to come through that one. Yeah, I don't think it's a good draw for Anthony McGill to play someone who you clearly look up to. You know, it's his big deal yeah. to be at the Masters in the first place. Do you really want to be playing someone who you kind of practice with and, as I say, you've sort of grown up admiring and, and so on? But I don't know, he's a, he's a strange player to read sometimes. You know, I mean, he went to the World Championship a couple of years ago on his debut, beat Mark Selby, who was defending champion. Clearly seemed to relish playing on that sort of stage. Then, like last year at the championship, when he was seeded, he lost ten two in the first round. Yeah, albeit to Maguire, okay, Who played great brilliantly. Play, yeah, great yeah. player and all the rest of it. Yeah. But you never quite know what you're going to get from him. And, and I guess what he's looking to do is, at the moment, he's one of those players who's he's in the top sixteen, but only just. He's one of those yeah, players who's on the border. Yeah, 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 yeah. What he wants to do is try and bed himself in because. There's enough pressure in the sport as it is without having to think, OK, what am I this week? Am I 15, 16, mm. 17? And obviously the Crucible coming up as well. No ranking points at the Masters, but if he could have a good run, a lot of confidence. I tend to agree with you, though. I think Higgins, 
something about him. I mean, he sort of after he lost to Mark King at the UK, he said, "Oh, well, basically, I'm finished." But I mean, yeah. obviously, that that was nonsense. And at the Scottish Open, played fantastically well. Yeah. Got to the semis, blew Ronnie away in the quarters. Uh, be interesting though, because there is something about this tournament that I don't know, just doesn't quite seem to don't say appeal to him. But things have gone wrong there a lot yeah. for him over the years. I think it's gotten his head. He's talked mm. about it a lot. The fact that he either seems to get to the later stages and win it, or go out early. And on. he'll be reminded when they interview him before yeah. the match that he'll be brought up, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So <laughs> getting his head again. Yeah. But uh, no, I think he'll be a big favourite. I think he's about as big a favourite as there is actually in those first round matches. Well one player who is a former winner but has sort of gone walkabout this season, Ding Jun Wee, he's playing Ryan Day who's back in it for the first time I think in eight years mm. at the Masters. Uh, Ding won the Shanghai Masters in September, has done very little since then um, and has done very little in the Masters actually since he won it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Day is another one of those players who's sort of in and around the fringes mm. of, of the top 16. It's it's not a bad draw really for either of them because of all the very top players I think Ding is the one who's struggled in recent months and uh, you know again though a bit like Higgins Ding can suddenly produce it out of yeah. nowhere he can just suddenly have a really good tournament uh, I don't think he's it's it's funny unlike most top players he doesn't seem to get particularly inspired by the big occasion he can play well on the big occasion we've seen him do well at the Crucible the last couple of years but uh, you know he's as likely to play well in any other tournament so he doesn't seem to be one of these players who's inspired by the big events Days, you say it's been a long absence he only just managed to get back into it and uh, you know he's obviously going in there as a ranking event winner for the first time and I think that's given him a certain amount of belief but it's a close one to call you, you, you could see that one being a bit of a being a bit of a slog and you look back over the years an awful lot of their meetings have actually been really close mm. a lot of them have gone to deciders mm. there was one year uh, Ding I think was quite strongly fancied at the Crucible and they beat him in the first round yeah. and I think that one went to the last frame as well didn't it so you could see that one being 6-5 either way. Mm. Ding swore in the press conference after. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's good to know he picked up a lot of English <laughs> since he seems to be over here. Yeah. Good to see Ryan back there. You know, I mean, yeah. a year ago he was kind of he, he was struggling basically, mm. but he, he came to the Championship League, had a good run in that. A lot of snooker played in that yeah. final of the World Grand Prix. Of course, eventually won the Riga Masters, and um, you know he'll be really looking forward to it. Because the thing about this tournament, obviously, is you know there's a lot of snooker. We know that a lot of tournaments, but this is a real major event, and it's a chance to show what you can do. I think it's established itself as the second biggest event of the season now because the, the UK is maybe you know lost a little bit of its prestige too many players in it some people think mm. obviously the best of 17s have gone the masters every match feels like a final and yeah. the money's so massive now yeah uh, and you know I think day could thrive on being back in that environment okay so that's the top half of the draw now bottom half uh Judd Trump against Liang Wenbo of course uh, Liang beat him in the English Open final yeah. last year Judd Trump again you know we look at him again in the in the the real big events, the sort of triple crown, if I can use that phrase, events. Um, he's been in two semi-finals in the Masters. I guess you'd have expected more from him in this tournament. Yeah, you would have done. Um, he's a bit in and out this season. Uh, you know, he had a decent run of a few tournaments back to back. Then he sort of went off the boil a bit. We had that extraordinary incident in Belfast when he yeah. smashed up the Reds. I think it? a lot of that was just tiredness. Oh yeah, everyone was kind of just exhausted. And yeah, sort of, you yeah, know, on edge about everything. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the way the tournaments were coming at that time was was quite extraordinary. Uh, did well in Scotland though. So so you know, Trump is another one of those players. I mean, even if he's not playing well for a few tournaments, uh, you know, you, you can never write him off because he'll just suddenly start producing it. I think he's going to be like that throughout his career. He reminds me a bit of Rory McIlroy, actually, that he's not going to be winning tournaments and playing consistently week after week after week. He is going to go through, you know, little lulls mm. here and there. And I think he had one, um, you know, after that good run that he had in in Shanghai. But I think he's actually the opposite of what you said about Ding. I think Trump does really value these big events. Oh, totally. And, and yeah. I think also he feels he should be doing better in them. Yeah. You know, these these the big threes won the UK Championship, obviously he's been in the World Final. 
but ne like I say, two semis in the Masters, never been in the final of that. I think he puts a lot into it. And of course, what that does is it puts pressure on yourself. And that UK is a long time ago mm. now. I mean, that's what, six years? More than mm. six years since he won it. So, um, yeah, but Liang, again, you know, it's not, not maybe had the greatest of seasons. Uh, but I think, again, much like Alan Brussell, I think it will be a similar sort of match this. Of course, you know, they had that English Open final. They also had the great first round match at the Crucible a couple of years ago when Liang had quite a big lead and Trump turned it round. Uh, but I'd fancy Trump to come through that one, uh, I think. Liang is, is such an emotional player, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he really gets involved in everything, but also gets results. And, and, and winning that title last year was, was a big deal for him. Mm. Um, I think Trump has to start favourite, but you mm. just you just don't know in this tournament. Like you say, every every match feels like a final. Yeah, and the same I think could be said for the next match: Sean Murphy, Ali Carter. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, that's another tough one to call. It is. I think if you look on form this season, Murphy is way ahead of Carter. Um, he's won the Champion of Champions, of course. He's been in what three ranking finals? Mm. Lost them all. Carter not done that much. He's had a semi. He's had another quarter as well. Aside from that, so it's not been the greatest of seasons for him. But look, he's so experienced. He's not going to get thrown by you know a, a bit of run of indifferent form. Um, Murphy, obviously, good record in the Masters. Uh, he's won it. He's been in. Uh, he's been in at least one other final, hasn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, but but you know they have a fairly even record against each other actually when they've met over the years. And you know, Carter, I think, loves playing players who have maybe done better than him, but he feels he's as good as. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And Murphy has obviously had a better career than Carter, but Carter will not feel that Murphy is any better a player than him. No. I think he goes into matches like that sometimes looking like he feels he has a point to prove, and I mean that as a good thing because I think it served him well. But again, just on form this season, uh, I think you'd have to favour Murphy quite mm. strongly. Well, now, sure. I mean, we'll ask him maybe when we see him. But I wonder how sure Murphy feels about. I know he won the Champion of Champions, but like you mm. say, he was in the three ranking finals. Didn't win any of them. Now, what do you mm. take from that as a top player? You maybe feel actually law of averages. I should be winning at least one or two of them. Mm. Then again, you look at how they went. He, his form kind of collapsed against Brussel. In fairness, he didn't yeah. play well in the second session. But he was matching Ronnie O'Sullivan in their first yeah. session, and then Ronnie just kind of stepped it up. Does he? Does he take from that? Well, okay, I was just outplayed, or. Is this, how much disappointment is there? I don't know. I suppose, I mean, nowadays, I mean, it's just so hard to keep winning matches mm. because, you know, you talk about the strength and depth that is there. I mean, you, you've got to look at it in a positive way. And I, I think Murphy is the sort of guy who tends to look yeah. at things in a positive kind of way. So I think maybe he'd maybe look at it a bit more negatively if he hadn't won anything. Sure. He did win the Champion of Champions. And he beat O'Sullivan in the final. Beat O'Sullivan in yeah. the final, which is a, which is a big, big plus as well. Yeah. yeah. OK, we've got two more matches in the first round. Barry Hawkins against Karen Wilson. That's another tough one, I think. Yeah. Hawkins' form's not been great this year. He's had various problems off the table. Karen yeah. Wilson made his debut there last year. He's an interesting player, I think, Karen. You know, his form comes and goes quite, quite significantly. Um, another one, a bit like McGill, who's in that bracket. He's in the 16, but he needs to really bed himself in. I think they'll both have been happy with this draw. And I think, to be fair, particularly Wilson, because Hawkins this season... It's just gone so much off the boil. Finished last season really well, played brilliantly in the World Grand Prix, got to the World Semi-Finals. And he's had a couple of little false dawns this season where there have been a couple of tournaments where he's got through maybe the first two rounds or whatever, but then the next tournament he's, he's just been back to square one again. He's had some really awful performances. And even in some of the matches where he's played well, he still hasn't won because he's just struggled to get over the line. Mm. You sometimes feel with Barry he's maybe too nice a guy and doesn't have that sort of killer instinct to use that cliché. Uh, so I think Wilson, to be fair, will have looked at that and thought, OK, if I'm going to play one of the top eight seeds, I would definitely want it to be Hawkins at the moment. Uh, been in two finals this season, heavily beaten in both of them, Wilson. Not a great deal else, though. I mean, he's had a lot of early exits in other tournaments. And 
You know, you talk about embedding himself into the top 16. I think he will. I think he's too good a player with too good an attitude mm. and too dedicated not to do that. Uh, but he'll see that as a really big chance now to get through to a Masters quarter-final. But, you know, Hawkins, again, you know, you know he's, it's not as if you know, he's not got the pedigree. And, of course, he's done well at the Masters in the past, been in the final. Yeah. OK, he got heavily beaten in it. Uh, Should have been in the final last year, really. Yeah. I mean, he was like miles in front against Perry, wasn't he? In the yeah, instance. that's right. The match that finished about midnight, I yeah. think, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, how did he end up losing that one? But, uh, yeah, big chance for Wilson to get through in that. Absolutely. Well, it'll be. I think it'll be a close one that, and the last one could be as well. Mark Selby, Mark Williams. I mean, they played there last year. That was a decider. Mm. Um, Selby, three times Masters champion, twice runner up, and all the rest of it, world number one, world champion. Um, but this season, I, I know he won the international championship, but obviously he made a slow start because he broke his toe and whatever, mm. and didn't play early on. Was a little bit rusty. And then he had this sort of strategy. It looked like he was targeting the UK Championship. Absolutely, right, I'm going yeah. to focus on that. I'm not going to play the week before in Belfast. I'm not going to play the week after in mm. Scotland. What happened, of course, was he went to York, lost second round. Yeah, so he hardly <laughs> played that week either. Yeah. Uh, if you look at these two on the basis of the season they've had, Williams has had a far better season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's won a ranking tournament as well, his first for many years. And he's been very, very consistent, actually, getting mm. through to sort of the, the later well, stages. Well, he's number 10 this. as yeah. the year starts, which is incredible, Absolutely really. extraordinary. Yeah. You know, he's sort of had a yo-yo sort of career. He's mm. been number one, gone all the way down, come back up to number one again, then mm. went down and is now firmly established as a top 16 player again. Um, I think it'll be very close. They've met twice this season. They've both been very close, and Williams has won one of them. And, of course, the China Open final at the back end of last season was very close, although Selby won that. Um, but I think Selby now, you know, the fact that he hasn't played very much, you know, he'll be looking at himself and thinking, come on, you know, this first half of the season is not me, it's not the player I am. You talk about players thriving on the big occasion. Well, he seems to be, as you say, scheduling his season around the mm. big occasions now. Great record in the Masters. I think it's going to be a big, big week from Selby. I really fancy his chances in this. But Williams will 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 put it up to him, and uh, you know you can see that one being very easily six four, six five. Mm. Yeah, Mark Williams has got his confidence back, and also the, the head head between them. It's ten nine to Williams. Yeah, that's, that's pretty significant to have beaten Mark Selby ten times, including quite a few. Recent meetings where obviously Selby's been world number one, and the thing about Williams is he doesn't fear anybody. You know, we know the sort of character Mark Williams is. He's very much you know laid back and all the rest of it, mm. but at the same time determined. And now he's won that tournament in Belfast. I mean, that was a big deal for him. It had been a long time coming, oh, yeah. and it proved to everyone, including himself, that he is still very much a top player. And he beat a seventeen-year-old yes. in the final. You know, one of these sort of you know a new breed that's coming through now. Mark, and, and I mean this in you know positive way, very positive way. I wouldn't say he's one of the deepest thinkers in the game, no. which has really, really served him yeah. well over the years. Yeah. But it, yet, it must have you know occurred to him, wow, isn't this great? I'm beating a seventeen-year-old, mm. uh, you know, who's looking like the future of the game in a big final like this in front of a big crowd. Mm. It can only have given him a big boost, and you know. He, He's, he reminds me a little bit of, of, of Steve Davis, actually, you know, when, when he got on a bit in years, that he just keeps on rolling along, and yeah. every time he thought Steve was maybe finished as a top player, he'd come out and have a great tournament. Mm. Mark seems to be getting to that stage of his career now, yeah. and uh, still going very strong. It's like the Daleks, you just can't get rid of them. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, give me a name, then, who's going to win it? I mean, it's very easy to just say Ronnie O'Sullivan, yeah. isn't it? And he is the favourite, and he should be. Yeah. But, I, I, okay, give me a favourite without Ronnie. Well, I was <laughs> thinking about this. I think we could see a repeat of the world final because you look at the draw, it's actually worked out pretty well for both Higgins and Selby. If Higgins gets through the first round, and we do fancy him to get through that, I think he plays Ding then, probably. Yeah. Ding or Day in the quarters. Now, if you wanted to face one of the top eight, uh, it probably would be either Ding or Hawkins. Uh, and, of course, Hawkins would be the opponent, potentially, for mm. Selby, I think, mm. if he got through. So I think the draw works out well for both of them. Uh, I think Selby now is, is going to be coming in with huge determination into this. So I fancy a final between those two. I think it would be a very close one. 
and I think Selby would win it. I do have to agree with you, though, if you're going to make a logical yeah. choice. It has to be O'Sullivan, because not only has he got the great record in the Masters, he's coming in on the back of a fantastic first half of the season. Mm. But where's the fun in going for the favourite? No, exactly. Well, well, uh, the player I'm going to look at is Mark Allen. I think it's yeah. just about time he won one of these. He's good enough. I think that's absolutely, you know, no one could argue with that. He could play Ronnie in the quarters, but he could beat him. I think he's beat him at the Masters before. He certainly beat him at the Crucible. Mm. And that would be the match. If he beat him, then suddenly the path to the final is there. Yeah. Got to beat Purcell first, by the way. But, yeah, so if not Ronnie, then then why not Mark Allen? Mm. So that's uh, that's the lineup. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic week. I think the Masters is actually better than ever because, yeah. obviously, in the old days with the old ranking system, you would have players there who were... No disrespect. Well, actually, all disrespect. We're making up the numbers. They hadn't won a match all year, but they had the, the, the seeding, the ranking set for the season. Robidoux hadn't won a match for almost two years. Exactly. The yeah. Last time yeah. Played, yeah. But now, I mean, it's such a knife fight to get into the top yeah. sixteen. Is it's it's horrible just getting in. And you know, the players there, they they deserve to be there. Neil Robertson, who bizarrely is now in the top sixteen because he won the Scottish Open, but the cutoff was the week before. Yeah. He couldn't get in the Masters. Yeah. I know, incredible. And you know, they're all going in as tournament winners now. I think mm. last year was the first time ever that every player in the Masters yeah. was a ranking event winner. It, it is it is just a fantastic event, just getting stronger and stronger all the time and great atmosphere. I mean, I think maybe did it lose a little bit when it went to Wembley? Oh, Arena? yeah, it wasn't a great venue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly not for that anyway. Mm. But Alexandra Palace has been a huge success and, you know, I think the cheers are probably still echoing in that arena from the darts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, great week and, you know, just something for us all to look, to look forward to so much. Mm. Well, let's just conclude by looking back at the sort of the great memories. One thing that occurred to me as we were talking about Mark Williams there, it's 20 years now I know. since he won that respot final against it's Stephen Hendry, which yeah. just seems incredible it yeah. can be that long ago. Yeah, I mean, so many great finals. I think, you know, there have been a lot more really memorable climaxes to finals at the Masters than there even have been at the Crucible, mm. and that one probably stands out more than, than any other. From a personal point of view, I think of, you know, the, the Irish successes there. The, um, what is it, 31 years ago now, Taylor and Higgins, yeah. which I think is the only time ever that was a major final between two Irish players, and it was a very memorable one as well, Dennis with the big comeback. Funnily enough, the first three Masters I ever went to, we had a player in the final every year and lost every time. <laughs> we had Ken in 99 yeah. and 2000 when he missed the black for the maximum. Yeah. And then 2001, <laughs> that night we'll never forget, that just seemed to go on and on and on mm. when Fergal was 7-3 up against Hunter and then Hunter came back to win him 10-9, which started an extraordinary era for Paul, of course. I mean, to win the Masters three times in four years is remarkable. Uh, to do it coming from way behind in each of those three times, mm. I mean, what an incredible era that was and you know, the great atmosphere that it created um, in the Wembley Conference Centre on all of those nights. But I mean, you could just name so many things. Higgins' clearance against O'Sullivan yeah. in 2006, the respot, as you say, Steve's kind of big last hurrah in 97 mm. against O'Sullivan, Hendry winning it five years in a row. Just so many of these and some of the Selby O'Sullivan finals have been great. Uh, you very rarely get a Masters that isn't really memorable, mm. and I'm, I'm sure that will be the case again. I mean, the standard of play is nailed on to be to be great. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Steve Davis. He won it three times, and it's a measure of the way people regard Steve that yeah. that is regarded as underachievement. He yeah. only won it three times because he won everything else so many times. Yeah, and <laughs> actually, just funny you say that. One of those was against Mike Hallett, and mm. that in turn reminds me. You know, I didn't even think to mention in there the '91 final. Yeah. You know, the greatest ever comeback from the brink of defeat in a big final. Hallett eight-two up. Um, I think he had a pink and black to, to win 9-2, uh, missed the pink, and well, we know what happened after that, Henry won 9-8, and it was one of those very, very rare occasions where Henry actually was so pleased to win that he sort of showed a bit of emotion at the mm. end. He could almost go through every year in the Masters and pick out you know, at least one outstanding moment. But this is why the players in the tournament who haven't won it are desperate to win it, because oh, yeah. it, it is a measure of your greatness as a player to win at the Masters. You know, yeah. you talk about Hendry, 
turned up there for the first time in 89 and just won it five times in a row, as if to say, right, you know, the new king's arrived. And you're never going to win it by getting a good draw, are no. you? Certainly no. not nowadays. I mean, you look at O'Sullivan, <clears throat> not taking anything away from his UK success, but he was the first player ever to get to the UK final without facing another top 16 player. Yeah. But at the Masters, you can't get past the first round yeah. without facing another top 16 player. So, boy, have you really earned it if, you, yeah. if, you, if you're holding that trophy on the Sunday night. And even like you look at uh, like Alan McManus, who uh, you know very well regarded now, quite rightly uh, as a pundit. But that was that was his greatest moment as well, because yeah. he ended the Hendry run in yeah, a pretty dramatic fashion. Yeah, eight six down as well, I think, mm. wasn't he? And came back to win nine eight. Never won a ranking event in the UK. I think both of his ranking titles were overseas, weren't they? So yeah, very much the standout moment of his career back in ninety four. Mm. And I mean, again, you just mentioned it. Like every year you mentioned the, the year after that, we had. Uh, you know, an old teenage final yeah. between O'Sullivan and Higgins, and you know the start of that whole era. So you can just go through the years and pick out probably more really memorable moments mm. in the game's history than you can for anything else. Yeah, and also, and it's like the world and the UK in, in as much as it's got the history. So all the players in it have grown up watching it. Mm. They've grown up watching it, on, on, particularly on the BBC, and they desperate to be in it. And they will have these these sort of memories to call back on. Some go further back than others. Um, but it, it is a great event, and I, I tend to agree with you. I think it has now, because of everything we've said, it has now sort of earned its status as the second biggest tournament in the game. It always had that feel anyway, I think, because in the old Benson Hedges days, it was very different to now, because it wasn't run by World Snooker. Mm. It was run independently, and the players were treated like kings. Mm. You know, every, everyone was, really. There was a lot of money spent on everything, and it did feel prestigious. It didn't feel like just another tournament, and I think... It lost a little bit of that, like you say, yeah. when we went to Wembley Arena. But Alexandra Palace is ideal for it because they can create whatever size arena they want, yeah, yeah, and they've, yeah. they've got it about right. I think it's, the tickets uh, there's more seats now than there were the last couple of years, but it's it's about right. There's always a good atmosphere, and you know the fact that the tickets sold so well before anyone knew who was playing who. Yeah, will tell you the yeah. appetite for the game is just so high. Yeah, and the fact it's in London as well, you know, yeah. one of the major world cities. I think that adds to it. And then another bonus to it is. The moment the Masters final finishes, I think that is the moment when snooker people start thinking yeah. of Sheffield. Well, people will say yeah. up to the final, whoever wins it, they'll be Hazel or whoever, or yeah. all the press will say, right, so it's the crucible now for you, is it? Oh, that, you're right, that yeah. starts the running. Yeah, definitely. it is. And that's great, and it's a yeah. wonderful time of year. You know, It's mm. sort of like the run into to snooker Christmas, really. You know? <laughs> and uh, I mean, that does start the moment the yeah. last ball goes down in the Masters. I do remember actually one year, I think it was the year Henry lost to Williams in the final, Tony Stenson from the Mirror saying to him afterwards, so what about now, Stephen? Are you plotting for that eighth world title? And Stephen Hendry had just been thumped by Mark Williams. You can imagine how much he enjoyed that. So he just said to him, you know, Tony, I couldn't be bothered arguing with you. If you want to have me plotting for that eighth world title in the mirror tomorrow, you go right ahead, son. Um, well, knowing Tony, he would have written it before anyway. Oh, he'd probably written it before the match even started. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It promises to be uh, a great week. 16 great players I think most people would agree Ronnie O'Sullivan the man to beat but he's still got to do it he's got to win four matches it'll be fascinating to see how it all pans out the Masters starts on the BBC and Eurosport on January the 14th Sports Social Podcast Network